0: The $399 iPhone SE is here, and with the coronavirus pandemic destroying our economy and leaving millions of people jobless, a budget iPhone feels like the perfect iPhone for the times. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is phone reviewer and host of the YouTube show, How to Do It All, Patrick Holland. Welcome, Patrick.
1: Thanks for having me, man. Longtime listener, first-time caller. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, uh, I, I'm eager to have you on, because you, you had a chance to uh, attend the briefing for the new iPhone SE. Um, so, tell me a little bit about it. This is beyond the price. Like, what, what can we expect to get with the iPhone SE?
1: I think my lazy man's description was, it's kind of like they crammed an iPhone 11 into the body of an iPhone 8.
0: All right. I, mean, I don't think that's lazy. I think that's that's pretty apt. But I mean, what is <laughs> what what does that actually mean? If you're... If you go in to buy, well if not going in, if you're ordering online and buying an iPhone SE, like what are you getting with this phone?
1: Yeah, so it's uh, for all intents and purposes if you look on the outside of the phone, which is what people people want to look at, you have that similar design we saw in iPhones for years with the iPhone 6, 6s, 7, iPhone 8 It's that 4.7 inch screen. You have that home button with the haptic feedback. You, there's no Face ID. Uh, and one of my favorite things, there's actually no notch in the screen, which I don't like on current iPhones, so yay for that. But on the inside, you're getting an A13 Bionic chip that's in the iPhone 11, the iPhone 11 Pro and the 11 Pro Max. Uh, you're getting all of this um, ability to run iOS 13, but also you're getting things like um, a new camera and all the camera goodies, like you get portrait mode, 4K video, so you're getting a pretty, pretty amazing package. And one of the underrated things on there is the fact that you have IP67 water and dust resistance.
0: Now, and the, the camera, just going back to that, because I've gotten confused because there are multiple variants now. I think we're up to three cameras. How many cameras does the iPhone SE have front and back?
1: A total of two. You have a selfie camera and then you have a single rear camera.
0: Okay. Um, and do can you get do portrait mode on the front-facing camera as well, or is that uh, just a, a rear camera feature?
1: Absolutely. In fact, um, uh, in an Apple Ease, they had a, a very—I can't remember the exact term—they had a funny term of how they actually separate the the background and foreground. But they're kind of doing that already with their Smart HDR, with the way they're able to kind of like pull out the highlights or like the texture of your hair and kind of combine them all together. So they're bringing that to the selfie camera and into the rear camera. I should note that the rear camera is not the same main camera you have on your iPhone 11 or 11 pro.
0: Okay. That's good to know. Uh, So it's slightly, it's a a lower resolution camera. Like what's the, what's the camera for the, on the back of the SE?
1: Yeah. So um, it's actually the same resolution. So it's 12 megapixels. But what's different about it is it's a 28 millimeter lens with a f1.8 aperture versus on uh, the eleven eleven pro, you have a 26 millimeter lens f1.8. So it'll be a little more kind of zoomed in. Um, not much. But I think that I think the what we get at with that is I'm less worried about that and more just how does this perform? Is it going to perform like the main camera in the sense of like image quality and detail and color, uh, the video quality that the iPhone is known for. So those are things that I'm really excited to get my hands on this phone to to see how it stacks up.
0: Well, it's an interesting thing because you actually haven't got your hands on it, but you did get to attend uh, a media briefing ahead of the news, which is you know very different for Apple. Uh, tell me a little bit what what that was like. I know we can't get too much in the details, but just you know, it, it's it's unusual for Apple to hold something like this. So I don't know if you could run through it.
1: Yeah, I think um, I can't say much, but I'll say this: that I I think they acknowledge that it's a little unusual, um, and kind of what we had was a, a show part where they had a video and they they showed us the things we'd probably normally see on stage and a Q and A um, that we would normally get in a briefing. So, um, but that being said. It was interesting because you're on Zoom, or we're not Zoom, but you're on this. Uh, you're on a client, and there's other reporters and journalists there, and it's it's a little it's a little weird. But so are many things these days.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, speaking of these weird times, I mean, three hundred ninety nine dollars. It is a far cry from the usual price of a flagship iPhone. And let's be clear, the iPhone SE is not a flagship device. It's definitely a budget device. But how appealing do you think it will be for consumers? Are, are people going to gravitate towards this especially given the situation we're in?
1: Oh, I I have to believe that. I mean, you know as well as I do that these phones are designed and planned months and years in advance. So, there's no way that this is like a Apple came up with this a couple of weeks ago kind of thing, right? In fact, there's been rumors about this device for a long time. I think the appeal of it is two parts. One is the the budget, the 399 side, and obviously in a time when you have millions of people in financial distress the idea that we're all relying on our phones so much to talk to work to stay connected to see friends and family if your phone's broken or you need an upgrade uh the idea of paying $700 for an iPhone 11 or $1000 that's a lot so to get kind of the same capabilities and a, a new form factor and be able to also have something that's going to be future-proofed and If I have my Apple Arcade subscription or my Apple TV+, Plus, it'll still be able to handle that uh, hopefully in a few years in the future. But I think the other appeal, too, is the small phone people. Um, That iPhone SE, really, the original one, hit a sweet spot with that 4-inch screen. Um, The irony of it all is the product they were kind of rebelling against was the iPhone 6 or 6S, which had a 4.7-inch screen. And now the 4.7-inch screen is considered the small screen versus, like, the six point one inch one on the eleven. So, I think you, you get the the two crowds. You have the people who you're gonna have a really wonderful value. Again, we have to test the phone if it lives up to that. But then you also have something that's really small.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting the to the point about like a small device. I you know my like I bought an iPhone SE, an original one for my father because he didn't want the larger screen. Um, I I do wonder if like four point seven inches becomes too big for those folks who prefer a smaller phone with higher end specs. Uh, I mean, we'll see, but it will be kind of interesting to see if 4.7, like crosses a line to being too big for folks who want that super small phone.
1: Yeah. I I think uh, Vanessa, um, um, our colleague Vanessa, she and I had a video where it's like, I don't care if it's a budget phone, which is great for the iPhone SE, but if iPhone, if Apple just made, a like a small 4.5 or four inch screen phone and charge a thousand dollars i think that would be very appealing too but i think you know you're uh, any kind of thing where you're charging a low price there's going to be compromises and i think apple like the original one at least on paper it looks like they've made some like masterful choices of what to include the size things like that to keep that cost down
0: right and uh, to your earlier point about budget and cost i, I do agree uh, you know, right now, as, as we're all in lockdown, uh, economic uncertainty, there are a lot of things we want to skimp on right now. There are a lot of uh, things we want to reexamine in terms of what we want to spend with our money. But when it comes to, you know, a good working phone that has access to not just games and video, but like really for a lot of people, like how they work, their, their livelihood, having a good phone is important. But you don't necessarily want to spend that $1,000 for a flagship device. So this is this is pretty appealing. It, does tech, it theoretically opens up a market because in the U.S., not a lot of folks buy phones at this price point. You've got a lot of folks who buy flagship devices like the iPhone 11 or the Galaxy S20, or they get super, super cheap budget phones from the likes of TCL that are like in the 100 $200 range. So this is kind of in the middle there. So I'm very interested to see if this is a phone that kind of gets a, a decent amount of adoption, especially at this time.
1: Well, and i wonder too if it's if it does follow like the original sc where two years after it's released you're basically getting them for free from certain carriers and stuff is they're gonna be in 2022 we see something like that but uh i mean there is there is a growing number of budget phones that are actually pretty decent uh i think we should acknowledge that we have like the ones from motorola you got google's pixel 3a uh and you have some exciting ones coming from samsung but They all kind of stretch between that $100 up to about $500 range. And every $100 increment is a pretty huge amount of people who will drop off the higher that that number gets.
0: And and speaking of budget phones, we don't have that much time, but uh, there were actually two Motorola phones that got uh, announced today, right? Uh, Talk a little bit about those.
1: Yeah, so uh, Motorola has their Moto G family, which has been around for years. And what's lovely about this is they're amazing phones with smart features. And they cost usually you know, from like 250 to like $300. So the two that uh, were launched today were the Moto G Stylus and the Moto G Power. And I think you could probably tell from their names what their key feature is. The Moto G Stylus is a really kind of cool little... little um, Little phone that has a stylus built in. It's definitely not a a three hundred dollar Galaxy Note ten, um, but if you like to doodle and draw and uh, and and handwrite, it's it's great. It's also I think the best looking of these Moto G devices. It's just gorgeous. The uh, the screen has like a punch hole display, kind of like a Samsung phone does. And then the power one. This is the one I actually. It's like the more practical thing. It's the pickup truck you would get instead of like the cool Ferrari. I don't know who that guy is, but anyway, it is. It has a 5,000 milliamp hour battery, and ha- to put that in context, Motorola is like, yeah, it should last about three days on a single charge. During the review, at one point, I was into like middle of day four before I plugged it in.
0: Wow, yeah, that's that's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's awesome to hear. There are plenty of budget options for folks who are looking for a solid smartphone, but don't exactly want to spend a thousand dollars. Uh, You can check out Patrick's initial impressions on the iPhone SE, as well as on the Motorola phones, uh, all on CNET.com. If you have questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge, or leave us a voicemail at 862-250-5713. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.